Stolo. Today I'm talking with Mark Matusik. Writing to Awaken has been the focus of Mark's work for over 30 years. His unique method uses writing as a tool for empowerment, increasing mindfulness through self-exploration, learning to drop outdated stories, and moving towards a more liberated, authentic life. Mark and I talk about journaling as an instrument for transformation. How can 15 to 20 minutes a day make a radical difference in how you understand yourself and the stories you craft about your experience of reality. You spent probably a good part of your professional career teaching, supporting, guiding people in using writing as a tool, certainly for expression, but I would say more in your case for transformation. A lot of talk, I'd say, I don't know if it's just, if I'm just not paying more attention to it, but I think journaling as a craft has grown in popularity, it seems like over the last decade at least, and I'm sure people were doing it long before that, but you hear a lot more talk about it these days. Why is journaling such a powerful instrument for transformation? You know, journaling goes back thousands of years. The ancient Stoics talked about journaling as a powerful practice for self-awareness and transformation. And the reason that it's so powerful is that when you put your thoughts and feelings on paper, when you get out of yourself, what's what's confusing uh, and kind of inchoate inside. It gives you an objectivity and a distance uh, to look at what the stories that you're telling yourself, what's actually going on inside you. So even 20 minutes of journaling a day has been shown scientifically to have extraordinary physical and psychological benefits. Uh, this sort of sort of beggar belief. You know, people heal faster from wounds. People get jobs 60 to 70% faster when they take time to do expressive writing. So it has, it really has far reaching and kind of unexpected impacts on us when we, when we get clear uh, on paper and then we can look for the insight that may have, you know, eluded us when things are just kind of scrambling around inside our heads. Yeah. You said, you used the word taking something from a subjective state. So a hyper-personal state or an assumed state, right? Like it's, I, I assume this to be true, that could be conscious or unconscious, to an objective state. Why is that move from almost, let's say, 100% subjective into moving something into an objective? So literally being able to look at it like an object, right? From, mm-hmm. a, from a distance. Why is that move so important in a transformational context? For the same reason that going to a therapist and talking to the therapist and getting out what's inside you uh, in, in the context of an interpersonal meeting has that same kind of effect. You know, it, it engages the witness aspect of our, of our minds. You know, mostly we're caught up in the, the subjectivity and, and, and being so identified with our thoughts and feelings. Uh, when we realize that these are just stories going through our minds, that these are just series of conditioned thoughts that play over and over and over. Uh, it gives us the ability to step back and say what's true and what isn't. You know, I, I always say that when you tell the truth, your story changes. And when your story changes, your life is transformed. 
So what journaling does, what expressive writing does, what writing to awaken does is it gives us a context to tell the whole truth in the moment. And that's why it, it's, it's so, uh, so extremely powerful because we don't often do that. You know, we spend our lives you know, lying to ourselves and other people through euphemisms, through lies of omission. When we allow ourselves to be completely candid, it, it, has, it has an aha effect. It has a, an awakening effect. Yeah, I, I love that expression when you, when you say when your story changes, your life is transformed. In that story making process, who's the story maker? Can you, like, when, we, when you talk about the author, it's, it's, it almost feels like there's two authors a little bit. There's the, the author as a socialized entity, the impression of things or has been socialized to believe certain things. And then there's what you do with people and unlocking a different kind of author. That's my own read of it. But maybe from your perspective, like what's, who's the storyteller in that story making process? And how is that important to what you guide people through in this journey and in your work in general? The storyteller is the ego self. You know, the most important thing to recognize is that you're the storyteller, not the story. When you get that, you are the author of this narrative. Uh, that that you're living by, uh, you you realize that there's another awareness in you that's larger than the ego self, uh, and it's called the witness in spiritual traditions. So the witness has a, a larger perspective; it has the forty thousand foot view of our lives, whereas the ego self is so immersed in our identifications, our fears, our attachments that we don't realize that we are creating the narrative, that we are the storytellers. It's, it has a huge impact, uh, recognizing that you're not the same as this narrative. It sounds kind of obvious, but most of us don't realize that the, that the thoughts are not the truth uh, and that our images of ourselves are not the facts of who we are. So the, it's really one self, it's really one larger self, and the ego is a part of that witnessing, but it doesn't have the same kind of perspective uh, that we gain when we when we step back either through spiritual practice, through psychotherapy, or through a kind of writing practice. Yeah, a very. I mean, the ego is a very powerful device because it um, not only is it a powerful story making tool, but it will very quickly make you believe that it is the steward and the sole bearer of your existence. Right? It's it's its beliefs are the limits of you, and it it has that baked into its DNA. Like that's its that's its uh, secret guise is that it makes you believe that it is the end and the beginning of all things. Absolutely. That's why the ego forms in the first place. You know, we, we define ourselves uh, through the ego. And it's the process that starts when we're very young children. You know, they talk about the terrible twos around the age of two. Uh, every time the child says no, it's defining who it is and who it isn't. And that's how the ego uh, is formed. It's formed around negativity. It's formed around fear. Uh, and it's in the business of telling us that it, it is reality. Uh, it's what gives us a grounding, a sense of self. Uh, unfortunately, it's a false sense of self, and it's a limited sense of self. So while we need the ego to navigate through our lives, we have to, it's important to have a sense of, of self uh, in the relative, in the relative uh, perspective. Um, the, it, it's not the ultimate truth of who we are. And so what spiritual practice does, what insight practice does, is it helps us step outside of that illusion of who we are and, and realize that it's really just a collection of, of memories and, and habits and fears and expectations. 
uh, that that is uh, that does not define our identity. Yeah, it's an interesting paradox, the notion of it, us being in service to it or it being in service to us. Um, and, and a lot of people feel that or move through the experience of life like they are in service to this kind of self-righteous, self-limiting entity. And they become entrenched in those very, very fixed ideas of, to your point, what they are and what they are not. Exactly. That's why they say in Buddhist practice, they say that the mind is, is an excellent servant, but a terrible master. Right. And it's the same thing with the ego. It, 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 when, when we use it in, 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 in service to doing what we need to do in the world, uh, to putting our vision out there, to having a, a sense of, of, of self, that's fine. You know, when it, when it masters us and, and it tells us that it is the ultimate truth, uh, including all of its fears and limitations and, 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 in fact, paranoias, then our lives shrink. So recognizing that we're not that small self is the fir- is a quantum step, really, in self-realization. I know you've worked with lots of people through this process. I mean, you've done workshops around the world, and I don't know if it's thousands or tens of thousands, but just say lots of people. Can you share an example of a story of someone that went through this experience with you uh, where you saw a kind of remarkable difference from where they started and where they, where they ended up, so to speak? Oh, there are so many. Uh, I know one woman, for example, who started out working with me about 10 years ago. Uh, in a, she was very depressed. She was very isolated. She had terrible self-esteem. She felt trapped in her life, trapped in her job. She had just a very small, shrunken uh, sense of who she was. And it came from an er- a lot of early childhood wounding and, and trauma. She's done many, many classes with me. And I've watched over the years as she unfolds. It's really like seeing a flower begin to open. Uh, as she transcends these, these sort of givens about who she believes she is uh, and sees that they're, they're, that they're not true, uh, it, it has set her free gradually. And now she is in a career that she loves she no longer defines solitude as loneliness. She, in fact, enjoys her alone time. Uh, and so it's been beautiful to watch her bloom, to watch her, her blossom you know, through the process of self-inquiry. And I've seen it many, many times. You know, People who have done this practice who really are not writers, necessarily particularly spiritual people. But if you have the curiosity and the need, the desire uh, to grow and, and to and to discover new ways of being that's all you need to do this 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 writing practice you don't have to be a writer and that's something it's for people to understand it's not about grammar and punctuation and writing beautifully it's about having the curiosity to uncover and and the courage to uncover things about yourself that you haven't necessarily been willing to look at before Uh, and you know that the closer you get up to your fears uh the less power they have over you So this woman, for example, has gone through fear after fear, things she never thought she could look at before, no less in in a class, in a a situation where other people were reading her work. Uh, She's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. She's just not as dominated by that old picture of who who she is. And and it really gives me a lot of joy uh, to, to see that kind of healing take place because we're doing it for ourselves. Mark, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this writing. We're doing it for our, ourselves. I'm a guide, um, but people become their own teachers. They become their own witness, uh, their, their, own, uh, their own master, you could say. 
Yeah, you've you've honed this craft of uh, guiding people through um, this self-reflective experience using journaling. Maybe you can share a little bit about over the years how you've honed this process. Like, what's the tone, texture? I I don't want to say methodology. Maybe that sounds a little too rigid. But what's the approach? What's the philosophy of how you guide a person through? this self-exploration? Because it's not by chance, it's not just strewn together. There, there clearly is a process here. So give people a sense of what that process is like. This is a philosophical self-inquiry that looks into uh, the truth of our own identity using targeted questions that help the person explore the area that needs to be uncovered, uh, the illusion that they want to dispel, the truths that they want to want to reveal. So it grew out of my own experience as a memoir writer for 30 years. And, and earlier than that, as a child, I've started journaling to figure out what was going on in this crazy family where I grew up. There was a lot of violence and trouble and trauma. Uh, and I turned inward at a very young age to, to find my way through because I didn't have any, any guide or any authority. And so it's grown out of, a, out of 40 plus years of, of being a writer and it's based on it's based on using targeted questions that go straight to the heart of the matter. Uh, what I love about this work is we don't have there's there is no kind of strict methodology in the way that a psychotherapist has a methodology. So it enables me to go where my intuition is is guiding me with with, with a student, uh, and and to let them. We figure out the process. Figure out the process on their own, mm-hmm. you know, with, with with my guidance. Yeah, it's it's. There's definitely a underlying notion that there is a natural wisdom that exists in all of us. My sense is through your approach that you're helping the person not only have a mirror into their experience, but to unlock that deeper wisdom you know, to unlock that, um, that deeper capacity that sometimes is con- contracted or could be depressed, so to speak, you know, being held back by limiting stories. Is that part, is that part of the, the journey here to unlock that, that more profound wisdom that abides in each of us? Absolutely. And that, that's what I discovered when I was a kid is that when I wrote, I was smarter I was clearer. I was stronger. I knew things that I didn't wasn't consciously aware that I knew. And we do all each have a much deeper intelligence than the gets filtered through our our contracted, you know, limited, you know, self-identified minds. So by engaging that witness awareness that we all have, it's the same one that we use in meditation and in yoga and other practices. Uh, we realize that our perspective is much much bigger. Than we than we acknowledge, uh, but we need ways of accessing it, and writing is an extraordinary you know, tool for doing that. What happens in a person's experience when they start to release those stories? Like, what is the? I, I hesitate to say the benefit because it's it's going to sound like a you know five minute abs and it's we're not talking about that but what is the what grows out of that experience of starting to release the stories that are keeping us confined first first what grows is a willingness to go into the dark 
You know, we all have a shadow side uh, that we try not to look at. It's how we uh, survive by suppressing the things that scare us, that make us uncomfortable, that we, we just don't know what to do with. When we dip into the shadow, we realize that there are also many gifts and powers and strengths and uniquenesses that we suppress alongside the guilt, the shame, and the fear. So one of the first things that happens is we realize that we have suppressed our own power. We see how much of who we are uh, we haven't allowed uh, out into the world. And so people start to feel bigger. They start to feel more free. Uh, it, it, they feel challenged in, in new kinds of ways to ask themselves questions and to explore things that they couldn't look at before. There's a sense of expansion and a feeling of liberation from, from an, old, an old obsolete sense of self. We kind of crack through that hard surface and realize that we're actually protean, we're shape-shifting, we're, we're always in process of transformation when we allow ourselves to be, when we get out of the way. Uh, and by exploring our thoughts and feelings, it helps us to, to move past this, 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 this din, you know, this sort of cacophony uh, of naysaying voices and, and self-suppression that, uh, you know, that is our everyday existence. For people who are, might be feeling intimidated by the idea of taking on a, a practice, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, Steinbeck or Poe or to, to, to get into journaling. This is not about the quality of your writing because ultimately this is about an experience of yourself and it's for yourself. So, you know, this is not about making your, this work public in any way whatsoever. So we can drop all those pretenses and all the accoutrements that come with, with those concerns. Boots on the ground, pragmatically speaking, if someone wants to move into journaling as a tool for transformation, what do you recommend as a kind of commitment to this, to this process and this practice? I always say that 15 to 20 minutes a day, five days a week is plenty to start out with. What matters that is making the commitment. It's like telling the unconscious or the muse, if you want to call it, that there is, there's a space for them. Uh, there's a space for that voice. So by when you show up, the, pra the practice takes on a kind of momentum uh, on its own. So it's not about quantity, it's about quality and intention. So when you sit down for those 15 or 20 minutes a day, you do so with a question that matters to you, something that you really want to understand, something you really want to heal, someplace where you, you're in pain. So that, that intention is what that combined with curiosity is what takes you, is what fuels the process. And that is really all it takes. Uh, and it, you can write by hand, you can write on a keyboard. It, none of that stuff matters. You know, what matters is that you, that you care about uh, self-discovery. You care about setting yourself free. You're not satisfied with where you are. You know that there's more to you than you give yourself credit for or that you allow the, the world to see. That's the, that's the fuel, that's the gasoline of, uh, that, that drives the self-inquiry. Uh, and that's really all folks need to, uh, you know, to get started. Keep on exploring. Mark invites you to go on a journey into how to reauthor your life story so you can live the life you always dreamed of.